talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the Wow. FY, there's nothing wrong. Two, one. Jeez, I'm dying over here. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Weird History and Eerie Tells Podcast. To my left, we have Moses. Gang, gang. And to my right, we have Achi. Hello. So, what's up, everybody? Um, uh, This episode is all about the worst ways to cure everything. Things you should <laughs> not do. We're trying to get better. In modern days. In back modern then, days. it was common. Oh, yeah. Just because it was common. <laughs> <For> some, <laughs> there was no FDA. None of this shit worked. At least the shit that I'm talking about, none of that shit worked. I mean, in their defense, medicine was very limited. It, it, was, so, it was trial and error, bro. <clears throat> it was really trial and error. Mainly error. A lot of error. <laughs> I'm still here dying with this fucking lingering cough that I had for about... Fucking uh, two years. And we're going to see if <laughs> any of these topics can actually cure. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I fucking hope not. We're going to try something. <laughs> it's going to be insane. We're going to try these on you. Coronavirus. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we have bloodletting, so we could just bleed you to bleed the the bad blood out of you. Mm, that sounds very soothing. We'll, we'll bleed the <laughs> cough out of you. Mm, that sounds horrible. We also have uh, some heroin. Mm. And if that doesn't work, at least one of us will piss in your mouth, so at least you have white teeth. Yeah. That. No, no, I don't, no. Hopefully the ammonia does more than just weighing up your teeth. <coughs> oh, shit. But if you guys are listening to this episode, you guys know that we are a week late. Re- one of the biggest, re- the, the biggest reason for the episode being a week late is because last week, as Angelinos, as people from Los Angeles, we lost the icon that represented Los Angeles. Kobe died the morning we were supposed to record our episode, and yeah. it was just a somber day. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to joke around. Not gonna feel it. We're yeah. not gonna feel yeah. it, so we postponed it. As you, so you know, this so it's fucking horrible. It's fucking nuts, bro. It's th- so it's still it's not like, real. Sometimes when like, you're like when you read it, you're like, it's like oh, one of those shit. things where like they happen, and you're just like, oh shit, that happened. It feels it feels personal. It feels like I woke up early in the morning around what the. TMZ uploaded like around 10.30. Yeah, because TMZ put it first and I'm like, it was the first one. Man, you guys are just fucking. See, nah. but here's the thing. Usually TMZ is like the first of the on, first. Yeah. on point. Yeah. And when I saw that shit, I felt like like someone in my immediate family died. Yeah. Or a close relative. Mm-hmm. I felt sick. Mm-hmm. I felt sad. And it was crazy. It just, it just, to this day, it still feels surreal that he's actually gone. Yeah. And with other eight passengers that were in there. As well, and it's just fuck, dude. It's crazy. The it's fact, insane. The fact that he died with his daughter is the part that hit me the hardest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's the part that hit me the hardest. Him and his yeah. girl. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. So apologies. That's the reason why we've been uh, why we're a week late. You know, we needed a mourn for you know the late great Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant and the other seven passengers aboard that fucking helicopter. True, yeah. true. But here we are. Here we are to give you guys the worst way to cure everything. So. First starters, Coca-Cola. Hmm. We like it. I love it. We drink it. I don't drink the diet one because that's just trash. Oh, really? No, I don't. There's so many. U- First of all, there's so many fucking uses for Coca-Cola. I only know two. What? Two uses for Coca-Cola. <laughs> What's up? Go to two uses. One, to drink. Okay. And one, to take the gunk out of your battery from your car. That's mm. true. That works for that. 
You tried uh, it? Yeah. It also well, helps my- with uh, cleaning up rusty bolts. Or, yeah, you, that's what, to clean the rust. All the that. rust and shit. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can put mentals in it. And that's the first time I realized, like, oh, shit, the fucking the soda has superpowers. Are you a Coke or a Pepsi guy? Or you don't <laughs> care? Are you one of those, uh, like, it's interchangeable? I mean, I don't drink that much soda. And if I do, it's like, whatever's there, that's what I drink. But my, my father-in-law is a strict Coca-Cola person. Oh, yeah? Like, if you bring Pepsi, he'll fucking smack the shit out of it out of your hand. How about you? What's yours? Coke or Pepsi? I'm more of a Pepsi guy. Pepsi? I'm more of a Pepsi. Unless it's Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke is my favorite soda. True. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. Between Cherry Coke and Cherry Pepsi? Like Pepsi Pepsi and Coke. Um, Am I the weird one? I feel like Coke is more carbonated than than Pepsi. Yeah, Coke Coke is more carbonated than Pepsi because Coke is supposed to... Coke was meant to be drank hot. Really? Yeah, when Coke was... When they first invented Coke, there was no refrigerators. There was no... So it was supposed to be like a dessert. It was something... That's why when you drink Coke... Uh, Hot, like room temperature, it doesn't taste weird. It still fizzles the same way oh, yeah. as opposed to a Pepsi because yeah. Pepsi was built later after the refrigeration system yeah. came on. But Coke was originally built for you to drink it hot. <laughs> it's, and it was supposed to be a dessert. It was supposed to be a beverage to eat. I was like, oh, I ate. Let me let me get a Coke. It's, it's supposed to be like your little keg or uh-huh, something to eat uh-huh, in the night, uh-huh. not something to add to your fucking meal and breakfast. Oh, oh boy. It was on its own. Well, let's talk a little bit about the history of Coca-Cola. So, Coca Cola Company was founded in 1892 in the good old US of A. Mm. Yeehaw. Although the most famous is the ice cold Coke, they also made other drinks, 2,800 of them to be exact, which makes them Shit. the largest beverage manufacturer slash distribution in USA. And the current headquarters is in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And the Coca Cola originated from the pharmacist, from pharmacists. John S. Pemberton in 1886, same place. The original ingredients for Coca-Cola contained cocaine from coca leaves and cola nut for its caffeine richness, thus it having the name Coca-Cola. Mm. So that's so they literally the reason that there's coca there's, the word coca is in the drink is because of the coca <laughs> leaf. That's right. Oh, all right. And then the cola nut, which combined it together, I mean they just changed the cola nut K to a C. Hmm. Uh, but in 1903, they actually removed cocaine from the formula. Since then, they made a variety of drinks that are now currently available in many countries. Now, here's some fun facts about Coca-Cola. Number one, it was meant to serve as a morphine in its early years because of the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Number two, Jonas Pemberton also pitched it to help with such things such as nerve pain Headaches and pretty much being a quote unquote cure all elixir. Hmm. At first, it was an alcoholic drink. In the ingredients, John S. Pemberton actually included wine into the mix of Coca Cola because cocaine was not enough. But because it was served during prohibition, they kindly asked him, Hey, thanks, but it has alcohol. Can we make a non alcoholic version of it? Another one is that Char- Chandler Parker is actually the one who took over the company and made it to what it currently is today. He claimed to have the right for Coca-Cola, or in this case, actually buying them from John's funeral. But these are actually these might be allegations and they might be false. And his signature of John S. Pemberton might have actually been forged by Chandler Park. No oh, <laughs> shit. 
And it was said that the Coca-Cola company actually invented the white bearded Santa, Santa that we lo- know and love today. But as much as it was advertised and whatnot, we all know that this is false. The French coca wine was the name of the drink while the drink had alcohol. Back in the day, it was also advertised to help with men's quote-unquote bedroom issues. Hmm. And they are the only company allowed to import coca leaves into the USA. So, what you're telling me is back in the day, if a guy, if he was like dumb gummy yep. down there, he's just yep. like a Coke, yep, yep. and it's supposed to get your gummy hard? Yep, yep, yep. Right. Want to get a little stiffy? That's a weird reference. Drink, Gummy. Drink a Coke. But you, know, but, but you know what I mean, though? No, I don't. When, when you're... Why not? Because you're pointing at your dick. Well, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. Gummy. Why is it gummy? Because like a, like a gummy. Like, when you're thinking like, are you what, thinking like a gummy dick? Bit? Yeah. Okay. Fair gummy. enough. Fair enough. Gummy. <laughs> Soft as fuck. You got that gummy Chewy. dick. Chewy. <laughs> you got that Tasteful? gummy dick. When you got that gummy dick, drink a Coke. That sounds horrible. Who's going to... I don't know about that. It's just fucking nasty. I got that dummy gummy. <laughs> that dummy gummy. That's a flavor? Fucking dummy? All right. I'll take it. You'll take it? So picture this. Hmm. The year is 1758. Horrible year. So horrible you forgot your line. <laughs> Sorry. That's the setup for the next one. For, for, for my next topic. All right. Cut. 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 I'll do over it. So the year 1758, James and Walter White, ages 23 and 21, were set to be executed by hanging in London. And like many executions at the time, the criminals were the criminals were driven up to the gallows in the cart, and the cart will be pulled away, and they swung and jerked in the breeze until they were lifeless corpses. And according to the Gentleman's Magazine, this is what they said, word for word, a child about nine months old, was put into the hands of the executioner, who nine times with one of the hands of each of the dead bodies stroked the child over the face. What, what the what fuck? What did he stroke? Is it slapped? He slapped the shit out of the baby nine times with each hand of the dead, with dead criminals. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Because this is one form of corpse medicine, which is going to be what this segment, what my little segment is going to be about. It's fucking slapped the living out of you? So uh-huh, that's where the phrase comes out. And the reason for this was because the child was suffering from growths on the skin, and the hope was that the dead man would cure the child by smacking the child's face with <laughs> yes. dead limbs. <laughs> as sounds fucking, logical. As fucking gross right. as it sounds, the use of human body parts for medicinal purposes had been popular since ancient Greece and Rome. Corpses were sought after. And not just for touching, but for eating, drinking, and a lot of other, you know, like gross shit. Some <laughs> call it cannibalism. Others call it anthropophagy. But it's all the same. Corpse medicine. In the 17th century, Robert Flood noted that a dead body's hand touching warts will kill the warts. This is, a doctor said that. If a dead body is touching a wart on a living body, the wart will die. Hey, Josh, you want to head over to the cemetery real quick? You got me fucked up. A Flemish scientist and physician, John Baptist, believed that the human corpse held an obscure vitality, that the life force lingered in the body and in the blood, particularly and especially 
if the corpses had died in a violent death. <laughs> which is why criminals who met untimely ends were, were such a hot commodity. So uh, their reason was that if you died while your adrenaline was pumping, your body grab had all this vitality running through it. <laughs> all this life force? Yeah, basically. It's just fucking oozing. Just oozing through your body. Right? And one of the and one of the one one of the most famous things, grossest things that was around back then when it came to corpse medicine was something called blood jam. Mm. Blood jam? And it's exactly uh. what it sounds like. Huh. Fun times, huh? Right. So vampires, so when we think of vampires, we tend to think of them as blood suckers. With long canines and seductive charms who will suck the victims dry with a hard on. But if truth be told, humans have been drinking blood for as long as vampires have been around. Oh, shit. In the first century, Pliny the Elder wrote that the blood of gladiators is drunk by epileptics as though as it were the, the elixir of life. Epileptic seizures are often episodic, right? So it would be easy to believe that any medicine was effective when someone went seizure-free for a few months after a dose. So the, th- the reasoning was because gladiators are so strong, their blood is so healthy, if you suffer from seizures, you drink the blood of a dead gladiator, and your seizures would be gone. And I, we, like I just mentioned, because seizures are episodic, mm-hmm. maybe some dude, some someone with epilepsy drank it, he, did, he hadn't had it, he drank it, drank the blood, and his seizure stopped for a while. He didn't have an episode. So people are like, oh, shit, it's fucking working. Timmy's not having a seizure. So the <laughs> it gladi- must have been the blood. So it must then, have been the blood of the then gladiator. Then it happens after, and they're like, you got to drink more, bro. Uh-huh. 15th century Italian scholar Marsilio Ficino thought that the blood of the young could restore some vitality to the elderly. <laughs> and according to Ficino, he would say that they should suck, therefore, like leeches, an ounce or two from a scarcely open vein of the left arm. Ooh. So what he said, and what he would do is he would grab a little kid, cut the left arm open, grab an older person, suck on the cut, and the blood will flow through it and it'll make you feel better. This is, this is real. Yeah, what? And what if you don't like drinking blood? What if that shit grosses you out, right? <gasps> Well, one thing you could do is you could let the blood first be cooked together with sugar. Mm. Or let it be mixed with sugar. That's what I'm talking about. And moderately distilled over hot water. Oh, and then you drink it. Actually, looks gross the fuck out. I would never eat jam. Ever. An Englishman named Edward Brown witnessed several executions in Vienna in the winter of 1668. After the first beheading, he said, a man ran speedily with a pot in his hand, filling it with the blood spouting out of the corpse's what neck, the and then began drinking it before he went again and tried to fill it up again. What a fucking image. This is like... Holy shit. That's brutal. It's like a piñata. Kids grabbing the candy. That's exactly yeah, but, it looked, you know, but it's, literally, it's blood. But, it's blood. It, but imagine if the little kids would run... They grab the they grab the candy for the piñata, open it, and start, start eating, eating it while it. still throwing themselves <laughs> on the floor trying to catch the rest of the fucking candy. So then, here well here is an unconfirmed story that you might have heard about, especially if you listened to our Vatican episode a few years ago. You guys can go listen to that Vatican episode. I think it's episode five that came out almost exactly three years ago. Oh, 
years ago, huh? We old. So here's the story. And you guys might remember this because we laughed about it for a long time. In 1492, Pope Innocent VIII was on his deathbed. Do you guys remember Pope, or at least the name Pope Innocent? Yeah, yeah. Well, Pope Innocent VIII, he was on his deathbed. And he wasn't exactly the holiest of saints while he was alive. He was a crooked priest who took bribes. He depleted the papal treasury through his conflicts with Italian states. And he had 16 children that he Michael Jordan. He said, fuck them kids. And he dabbled in witchcraft and slavery. Rumor had it that a last ditch effort while on his deathbed as he had his physician bribe three young boys with a gold coin each. There were... They were bled extensively, and the dying Pope drank the blood. The boys and the Pope obviously died. Yeah. <laughs> they were trained extensively. Right. Oh, my. Here's a shilling. No, not a shilling, a gold coin. Here's a gold coin. But when it came to human blood, it wasn't always drunk. It was also dried, ground to a powder, and mixed into food and ointments and sniffed up the nostrils. Mm. Well, snort some blood. Good old line of blood. <sighs> blood was used for skin infections, fevers, and to make hair grow. In Europe, blood was sometimes cooked down into a sticky jam. Here is a 1679 recipe from a Franciscan apothecary in case Achi wants to have a little treat with his morning coffee. Right, Peanut butter sick. and blood. So the first step is... I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. You let the blood dry into a sticky mess. So you let it coagulate. Then you cut you cut it into thin slices and let the watery part just drip away. <laughs> the watery part? <laughs> you stir it into a batter on the stove with a knife. Then you pound it through a sieve of the finest silk and seal it in a jar. And that's your jelly. It's not mentioned how one should eat or ate the blood jam, whether it was on toast with your morning coffee or on a scone for a late night treat, but it is mentioned from who you should get your blood from. Yeah, oh, from if hope. you want the best taste available. And they said a person with a blotchy red complexion. Oh. So yes, you heard that right. Ginger blood is best used for the uh, for a blood jam recipe. Those poor bastards. Gingers are always getting the dick end of the stick. You think they were hunted down? Yes. For that reason? There's a lot of them. I, I'm, I, I'm almost positive I'm talking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure they were, they were, they were killed at one point. So, all right. So, huh. here's another recipe. We can do a whole episode on. We'll do a whole episode on, on ginger lore. Ginger lore? That sounds horrible. We're not doing that. So here's another recipe <laughs> for redheaded for when a redheaded cadaver. Here's another recipe for redheaded cadavers coming from a German physician in the early to, in the early 1600s. He goes to say, choose the carcass of a red man, whole, clear, without a blemish, of the age of 24 years. The hath began hanged, broke upon wheel. Or thrust through. The flesh should then be chopped to bits, sprinkled with herbs like myrrh and aloe, and mashed in wine. Afterward, it was dry cured in a shady spot, where it became comparable to smoked wheat, smoked meat without stink. So basically, what he's doing is 
he's making ginger jerky. Mm. And you know how earlier I mentioned that gladiator blood was really sought after for the vitality that was stored inside it. Mm -hmm. So after the gladiator fell, people drank a pint or so of blood, but they also ate the gladiator's raw flesh livers all to try and cure epilepsy. The liver was often considered an organ where the human's courage was kept. Then we have candied humans. Candied? Like candy? Yes. Candied. Like like raw candy? Candied humans. Candy humans. Let's go back to the gladiator. Okay. Now, the gladiator's dead. I'm assuming they take the body into a room filled with people who have epilepsy? Well, most and they just fucking dive in and eat, or well, I guess what I'm <laughs> just a buffet. What Dig I'm dig ass- in, guys. <laughs> bon appetit, bitch. What I'm assuming is the apo- there might be an apothecary or like a doctor, someone who's back there. Yeah, and had his and he had his patients, so he's like, all right. There's a battle in a few weeks. Show up, and there's a line. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Come at one p.m. Yeah, in just- my office, I'll give you some fucking organs to eat. Meet me in Hall B at the Coliseum, and I'll give you and I'll let and I'll let you have at it. Yeah, you know, I'll yo, let, yo, I'll, yo, eat some gladiator dick. Maybe that will help with your fucking seizures. There you go. Would you eat some gladiator dick? Nah, <laughs> I'm I'm so <laughs> grossed out by the jam. Yeah, that jam is pretty fucking nasty. It's Peanut butter and jam, dude. It's qu- just coagulate. Oh the word coagulate is just a fucking gross. Regulation, great map. Bleh. What? You've had a cough for like seven years. Six and a half. Okay. Would you eat gladiator <laughs> dick? <to laughs> At this point, I'll party what? I will probably eat some gladiator dick with some jam. You want to choke on this dick, bro? You'll dip the gladiator dick in the fucking jam. I'll, I'll drench that shit. Ew. I'll fucking drown it. All right. And I'll eat it. We lost like half of our listeners. While right looking at you. All right. So candid, so candid humans. If you're still with us. So there's a legend of a honeyed man or a mellified man that comes from a Chinese doctor named Lee. So Lee wrote about a rumor he heard about an Arabian practice of mummying a human with honey. So apparently the body had to come from voluntarily an elder person. The volunteer would eat nothing but honey for days and days and days until they are literally shitting and sweating honey. What? Then, after dying, the body would be entombed in a coffin Filled with more honey. Then after exactly 100 fucking years. The embalmed body would then be consumed. Piece by sweet piece. Wait, it will take 100 years? Yep. For it to crystal- for the body to crystallize or? For you to be able to eat the, mom- the candied man. So whoever's fucked. I mean, what's the remedy? I mean, what's the uses for it? No, no, you just you, you want to eat fucking. Oh, Jesus. Hey, you, you craving a candy human? I'll see, in <laughs> no. 100 years. No, because I thought I had some fucking. Some sort of. <laughs> some, some usage for it, which is, sucks because let's say you do quote unquote need it. And he was like, yeah, what well, you're fucked because it's, it's going to take 100 years for you to get a taste of this. Bullshit so, candy. Before I end my segment, let's Next. talk about man grease. Man, man grease. grease. Man grease. Dip the. Glider dick and some man grease. Oh, there you go. Mm. So mm-hmm. corpses, you know, they were just not good. They were just not good for a, for a day's drink or to cure your ailment. Executioners made some money on the side 
off the skin and fat of dead criminals. Apothecaries were famous for selling oil of human fat, also called man grease, porcelain's fat, or most famously, hangman salves. It was used for healing wounds, pain relief, cancer, love potions, and gout. <laughs> fat was also thought of as a cure for hydrophobia, which is the fear of drinking water. Mm-hmm. Right? So the executioners who dealt with death also recommended that human skin would help pregnant women. Some women believed that wearing tanned skin around their bellies helped with childbirth pains. Hmm. Human skin could also be worn around the neck to prevent goiters or thyroid enlargement. One executioner's wife used human fat to treat a woman's broken hand in the 1700s. And in colonial America, physician Edward Taylor, he believed that skin cured hysterical passions. And lastly, the ingestion of corpses and the cooking of brains were a commonplace just a few hundred years ago. But more horrifying to hear about are these fetal pills. Every once in a while, articles pop up from China referring to these fetal pills that are said to boost stamina and cure a number of ailments. You could probably figure out what the fetal part in the fetal pills was made out of. Bruh. And as the author to the book that I'm using for today's reference, which the book is called Quackery, A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything, this is what he had to say about corpse medicine. It's no wonder that humans have looked to themselves, literally, to cure everything gone wrong. The desperate search to find health sometimes brings the best and the worst out of humanity. I mean, would you consider that cannibalism? Well, yeah, you're eating human flesh. And blood and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Josh is eating a dick. (coughs) Look, (laughs) I'm not going to eat dick. You say you're going to bathe it in grease? What is it? He's like, I'm not going to eat dick for the sake of eating dick. (coughs) But if it will take this cough away, I'll I'll probably eat some dick. (laughs) I'll probably tickle my throat. Man. That sounds fucking horrible. Tickle my throat, huh? Oh, with, a, <laughs> uh, with some jelly dick, huh? <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna my treat. You're gonna dip that dummy gummy in some jam. That dummy <laughs> gummy. Ah, fucking a. All right, I'm gonna freaking spare y'all the fucking disgustness over here. It's but too late, bro. Damage has been dealt. By now, you might have noticed that there's a tread of common practices that. Fortunately enough, are not very common anymore. Thank the fucking Lord. Arsenic is one of those things. Arsenic. Arsenic. Now, you might have heard of arsenic's poisonous properties and remembered it as this tasteless and odorless drug that when consumed in large quantities can actually kill you. So would you believe me that this was an ingredient and many medicines or for many medicines for a very, very long time. Well, for starters, arsenic is actually the 33rd element in the periodic table with the symbol AS in its pure form. So, so the symbol is ass. It's ass. All right. And obviously, it's safe to take ass. You think it's safe to take ass? They did. I just Googled it. <laughs> Not safe to take ass. <laughs> Don't take ass. <laughs> Don't take ass. <laughs> it says it plays... 
it plays in the role of the develop of the development of diabetes, cancer, vascular disease, and lung disease. So you heard it here first, guys. Don't take ass. <laughs> wait, 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 what's going on? I mean, he was referencing when it was first introduced. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah let me go so on. what? You- More often, arsenic <laughs> is found in compounds such or compounds with sulfur and other metals. Now, let me ask you this: hmm. Have you guys ate apples and rice recently? Yeah. You have steamed rice. Steamed rice. Any type of rice? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just ate steamed rice last yeah. night. Yes. Yeah. Rice. rice. Okay. Take some ass? <laughs> if you have, then you have most likely consumed a very, very, very small dosage of ass. Hmm. I should have that cough. That's why the cough won't go away. It's all the ass. All the ass <laughs> I've been eating. Oh, boy. Now, don't worry. You won't just randomly suffocate yourself. From vomiting. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm choking over here. From vomiting blood and just hitting the hay or something like that. Hey, if you're vomiting, I mean, if you're may- vomiting blood, you can make some jam out of it. Forgot it. You sick fuck. But small traces of arsenic can actually be found in water and in soil, which are essential to growing fruits, vegetables, and grains. For this reason, arsenic has been seen as both a poison and a medicine for many years. Not only that, but arsenic was used as a quote-unquote preservative for beauty products. Women from Victorian England would mix arsenic with vinegar and chalk in order to whiten their skin. It was believed that this combination was also was also just an anti-aging makeup. If the user continues this remedy as is on a daily basis, any possibility of this getting absorbed into the bloodstream would make them either very, very ill or dead. Some forms of patent products include uh, Dr. Campbell's arsenic complexion, uh, complexion wafers, Dr. Rose's arsenic complexion wafers, uh, folds standard arsenic wafers and folds medicated arsenic soap just so you know i had to look up what wafers actually are and when i typed it up on google there are those waffle like cookies mm-hmm. the ones with the filling inside mm. but that's not what this is wafers are just basically pills that's what they used to call them uh now i'm sure everyone has gone through that moment of desperation where you think okay well if i take a lot of one thing it will help me out more or will just help me even faster, right? Yep. Nah. No, it's true. I drink a bottle of NyQuil a day when I get sick. I I don't use teaspoons. I just take them out. Go, 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 go. Well, unless you heard of that saying, too much of a good thing isn't always a good thing, then obviously you wouldn't think twice. But a lot of women who ended up taking too much of the medicine or the soap, the wafers, actually experience blindness or death by overdose. With its medicinal purposes, amounts of arsenic were injected into their patients. Why? Because, well, in the late 1800s to early 1900s, it was used to treat syphilis. It was also used to treat malaria, leukemia, and chorea. Patients who took this shots frequently would experience side effects such as having rosy cheeks. Which is actually not a good thing because the rosy complexion is actually due to bleeding from the capillaries of their face. This is actually one of the obvious signs that the patient is poisoned by drug. And it was not until late 1930s when arsenic was removed from the shelf and FDA eventually claimed that any dosage of arsenic is actually harmful to the human body. 
And now there's some um, photos that I found of uh of ads of ass of ass mm-hmm. of ads with like these things that have arsenic in them. Yeah. If you if you guys want to check out this ad, you guys can visit our Instagram at Weird History Eretos Pod to look at what the fuck we are about to hear. So check this out. This was an ad from this kind of beauty <laughs> complexion. It hmm. says, "Lovely woman, why will you tolerate freckles, pimples, blackheads?" Yellow or muddy skin, moth wrinkles, red nose, or any other forms of skin disease or facial disfigurements. When you can certainly pose a beautiful form, brilliant eyes, skin of pearly whiteness, perfect health, and life well worth living if you will only use Dr. Ahmed's French arsenic complex wafers. Perfectly harmless and the only genuine safe French preparation of arsenic which is only one dollar per box by mail to any dra- address that's the one <coughs> if you if you guys want if you guys are listening to it right now if you guys are listening to us right now go to google and just put arsenic ad and you'll see all of these ads are fucking made for women there's arsenic arsenic lotion ads there's there's an ad for bella lugosi fucking original dracula oh the thing if you want to look that pale you take some arsenic yep 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 (laughs) but yeah guys trying to look nice take some arsenic eat some ass eat some ass eat some ass you're eating rice you're eating ass Mm. interesting fact about syphilis and its cure okay so they actually used uh malaria as a remedy to cure syphilis because malaria will give you like super hot fevers and stuff right, right. which will like destroy the bacteria or, or whatever syphilis is exactly right, right. right so it was a major success the issue about that is that most people who got cured from syphilis died from malaria, malaria. <laughs> but at least you didn't <laughs> die from syphilis so here are more interesting facts on medicine so we had the syphilis, okay. right? Great remedy for it. <laughs> it's malaria back in the days. And then we have what's known as trepanation. This medical treatment goes far back as 7,000 years ago. Now, what is this practice or treatment? Well, it's simple, okay? You're feeling sick, uh-huh. whatever it is. I'm feeling it. You drill a fucking hole into your goddamn skull. You know what? I'm not feeling it. Just a fucking down to your skull. This was practiced throughout the whole world. Ancient Egyptians utilized this as well. One of the main ones is to, one, if you're dealing with evil spirits, uh-huh. that's one of the remedies to release. So you get lobotomized. <coughs> well, lobotomizes you cut. No, you drill a hole. No, you drill a hole, but you mix around. You, uh-huh. <laughs> you mix around. What a look. <laughs> Now, trepidation is just like, there's a fucking hole. Yeah, you just literally drill just a straight fucking hole. Now, what more cures can this do? Well, one, the evil spirits, right, that possess the sick and the deranged. So if you're crazy, Mm -hmm. you have some mental fucking problems, Mm -hmm. they're going to drill a fucking hole in your head. Bro, how, what are the odds that we all would have gotten trepidated? Oh, hi, highly, right? One of them is what? Like how, jack how, off? Oh, if you masturbate, yeah. you're considered fucking uh, 
You're crazy. <laughs> Mentally impaired? You're crazy. Crazy. Why are you checking out? <laughs> they also treated epilepsy and <laughs> headaches. So you have, a throbbing, <laughs> you have a throbbing head, just drill a hole in your hair, in your head. I wonder how many holes you could... How do you survive from that? Yeah, like, how are you not bleeding to death? Next, we have animal excrement. Or, make it more simple, animal shit. Oh, okay. Feces. Manure. And, like, (laughs) other fucking quackery remedies, it's a cure for all. For diseases and injuries utilized, again, by the ancient Egyptians, doctors who specialize in healing ailments. So, if you have an injury on the exterior side, rub some shit on you. It, it will range from gazelle shit to a little fly shit. Flies. I don't know how they control that. <laughs> controlled or fucking mounted up so much fly shit, but it was like highly, highly used. And again, of course, since it's, this is being used by ancient Egyptians, another remedy for, or the usage for this was to ward off evil spirits. So. If you're possessed or some shit, shit time would, to get shit on. So, so, so what, the, what I'm assuming is they'll drill a hole to your head and then put you in a room full of flesh shit. Yeah. I was like, if I were a fucking demon, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm out. Hmm. So, so far for my cough, they would drill a hole into my head. Yep. I would eat. Because you wouldn't shut up. <laughs> tummy gummy. Yep. With b- battered in blood. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a room full of flesh shit. <laughs> in a room filled with flesh shit. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good time. Sounds a good time. You would think sucking on a gun on a gummy gummy <laughs> would be a good time. <coughs> Anything that will fucking kill me from this goddamn cough. But check this out. Researchers state that some animal excrement or dump contains some type of antibiotic substance. So there is some truth to certain shit <coughs> from certain animals. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one interesting fact on uh, animal shit. Next up, Moses, you mentioned it, corpse medicine, right? Also known as a medical cannibalism, and it's practiced by by utilizing the parts of the dead. Now, for hundreds of years, corpse medicine was used to cure bleeding, to aging, to epilepsy. Just like you stated, Romans believed that the blood of the fallen gladiator would cure epilepsy, which is crazy. Just imagine that. There's usage... For the gladiator being alive, and then after it's dead, I had no idea <laughs> that this even existed. I don't know. This was so reading about it, it's it's fucking insane. You know, when you when when you dive in into the world of medicine, especially back in the days where it was very limited and it wasn't restricted. Yeah. To see the crazy shit that's been going on, <laughs> being used, <laughs> this blew my fucking mind. You know, what? fun fact: I just remembered that the whole gla- gladiator blood thing. That's actually what inspired the circle of life from the Lion King. Really? No, it's fucking. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You sounded so. Yeah, you said it nonchalant, like if it's fucking real. I was like, wow, what? How is he going to put two and two together? It sounded like you believed it yourself. Watch him be like, the fucking found us out. And then, like, freaking, like, one of the things where people, where people were being applied some of this um, uh, corpse medicine mm-hmm. is. They would ask the doctor, like, hey, is this really going to work? The doctor's like, well, I heard it's worked before. <laughs> I've heard doctors use it before and say it works. Oh, okay. If, it's, if, it's, if you say so, then <laughs> sure. I mean, what other option do you have? Yes, I've used it on someone and it works. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I mean, I heard people have done it before, so I'm assuming. No, but you as a patient, right? Pretty sure you're going to be desperate. 
Yeah. He's going to believe what the fuck he said. Yeah, but I prefer him to say, yeah, I've done this plenty of times. I got you. <laughs> Lie <Wow>. to me? <laughs> yeah, not like. I'm pretty sure. I heard. Well, in, in the 17th and 18th centuries, mummy was a well-known commodity throughout Europe. Paracelsian doctors utilized the dead for healing effects on spirit and occult influences. So for those who don't know what Paracelsian doctors are, they're individuals who practice and embraced uh, the theories and practices of Paracelsus, which was a Swiss physician and alchemist of the German Renaissance. They also believe in what's known as like-cured-like. So if one is dealing with headaches, mm. the ingestion of a powdered skull of a corpse is taken. So if you're having headaches or anything that has to do with the head, you either eat, drink, or ingest something that's a corpse's head. from a corpse's head. Uh-huh. You have an arm injury, it will either <clears throat> ingest, place, batter, whatever the fuck, of a dead corpse's arm. So if you have a gummy dick, then you take a gummy dick. <laughs> I fucking hope not. But according to this, yeah, if you got some dick problems, some dummy gummy problems. If your gummy dummy, <laughs> if your gummy is my, if your gummy is dummy, and then you're gonna apply some. If you gummy if dead you, gummy on your well, if gummy, you, if your gummy dummy, but you want that gummy to go dummy, you take some of this. So I could. <laughs> Most of the episodes fucking We apologize for all the nonsense we've been spewing for the last forty five minutes. There's gonna be people now saying Well this, this our, listeners gonna, our listeners are gonna be like this fucking episode is dead. Where the fuck did you get this in the first place? What? That lingo Gummy Dummy. Gummy Dummy. What artist? What genre? Got it. What type of porn did you dive into that they said gummy dummy? No, it's just gummy. I don't know. Till this day, medical cannibalism is still being used. You kidding me? Yeah. Well, I mean, with two the, great examples is reasons. one blood transfusion and organ transplant, and then oh, which be, still yeah. considered, oh, yeah. and then people consider cupping to be part of blood medicine. Mm. Cupping, cupping, like when they freaking make those freaking yeah. suck your yeah yeah. Next up, we have the clister syringe. It's a remedy used vigorously in the 17th and 18th century. All right, animals or clusters were used a lot due to medicine being very limited. So if you don't know what a clister syringe is, it looks like a big ass syringe, mm-hmm. right? Just without the needle, mm-hmm. right? And it's fucking huge and, and fucking metal. It's girthy. Okay. The clusters were used for a wide variety variety of ailments. We have one. Number one, we have stomach aches. Your stomach fucking hurts. They're going to get a clister syringe, shove it up your ass. And whatever Comes liquid out. or whatever they utilize, mainly it's just water. Okay. Sometimes you mix it up with other remedies. Uh-huh. Shove it up your ass and you just so squirt you that a, shit in you there. You get flush. You get flush. You get cleansed. So that's if you're dealing with stomach aches, constipations, common. Check this out. There's also coffee clister syringes. So okay, so if your you're, ass? yeah, <laughs> if you don't like the taste of coffee, but you want the, the effects of coffee, of coffee? <laughs> you boil yourself some coffee early in the morning, shut it up your ass and squirt that shit in there. Achi, let us know how it goes. Coffee's your thing, bro. I, I love coffee, but I don't want it in my ass. <laughs> well, well then, I, then you don't love coffee. <laughs> Do you think I want to eat gummy dummy for this cough? No. no he's going to eat 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dummy gummy. Dummy gummy. Sorry for fucking up the lingo. But wait, there's more. There's more to the oh, coffee. Fuck. Right? Tobacco smoke clusters. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's got to be lit. Filled, filled up with lit. fucking tobacco smoke. It's going to be lit. Shove it up their ass. You just squirt it in there. Just light oh, it I up. Meant, I thought you bent over and someone would just blow <laughs> the smoke up your ass. I prefer that than a fucking clisters. Type in clisters for me. Just see how big that motherfucker is, bro. Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's that, do that. That ain't no joke. So they'll fill that with coffee if you want to be stimulated without tasting coffee. Um, and then tobacco smoke. And the reason why they utilize tobacco smoke is to stimulate respiration. So people who have like anxiety attacks, panic attacks, or anyone who's fainting, mm-hmm. they'll <laughs> blow some tobacco smoke in there, shove it up the individual's ass, and <laughs> squirt it in there. You have anxiety? Don't worry about it. Here's some lung cancer. Yeah, pretty much. And they also utilize the clitoris syringe as a punishment, mainly for females. Oh, shit. Or <coughs> if they disobey or some shit, they literally shove the whole thing up their ass. And for a certain time. And if you don't hold it that in, they'll like put you out in public and they'll just embarrass you and just degrade you. Which is kind of fucked up. She's got a clitoris right up her butt. <laughs> Nowadays you can find these in the sex shop. You see, you see John in the background like, yeah, I, I took one too. A few hundred years ago that was a punishment. Now it's a kink. Yeah, now it's a fucking kink. Mm-mm-mm. That's enough of the clitoris range. Y'all getting comments on that? Let me know how it is when when you stick that coffee syringe up your ass. It's gonna burn, I'll tell you that. Oh boy, you better cold brew that shit. Burn, burn, burn. <laughs> He's gonna cold brew that fucking <laughs> blood jam. Next up we have Bee Stings Therapy. Bee Stings. Bee Stings. It's a real fucking thing. Mm. The bee venom contains compounds with anti-inflammatory effects. Great use for this. It promotes healing and alleviation to pain. Remedy for this, or what it's used for, is arthritis, headaches, lower back pain, and migraines. <laughs> They'll literally get bees and just sting the area where you're affected. Really? <laughs> Sucks. Have you ever gotten you a headache? Bee? No. Well, as a kid, I don't recall the pain. Uh-huh. I don't remember the pain. Are you? But recent days, no, I haven't been stung. I've gotten stung once, but it doesn't... It feels like a less painful tattoo. Yeah, stung by a hornet. That shit fucking suck. A hornet. Fucking hornet. Well, next up we have tapeworms. Feeling fat? No worries. <laughs> Your local doctor will help you lose weight by prescribing you some tapeworm eggs. If you look it up, there's actual medicines that you can buy on Amazon. Well, I don't know if it's Amazon, but other websites. Where it's like a an ounce of tape or eggs. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, hell it's a real thing. Know. Still being utilized to this day. For a while, you guys, my brother, I was convinced this motherfucker had a tapeworm. Yeah, the food would not stop eating, and I mean, full meals. <laughs> that's because back that, that's a back. sign of of having tapeworm. Well, yeah, because tapeworm eats, eats all the food, so your body doesn't get so you don't get the nutrients yeah. and shit. So you're constantly getting hungry. And the reason for that is because back then I used to run a lot. I used to run the riverbed. Every fucking morning. Oh, yeah. That's right? Yeah. Especially during summer, the weekends. I had an ex that lived all the way across the fucking bridge. Mm-hmm. And I would literally get my workout in, work, run way the fuck over there, mm-hmm. visit her, and then run my ass back. Uh, but yeah, you want to lose weight? Tapeworm eggs. Once the target weight 
had been reached, let the deworming begin. They will give you some type of compound where you'll drink or you just pop a pill yeah. and then it'll start dewarming your body. Uh, <laughs> not the number one choice I'm to do not. for uh, for weight loss. Horrible. But some people still do it. I wouldn't. There's a lot of shit that could go wrong. I'll turn out how it goes. So we got Achi with uh, coffee syringe going up his ass. Apparently. You're getting tapeworms. <laughs> and you're the one who's going to dummy gummy to the yeah, throat. Dummy, oh, dummy. Fuck. Look, I'm not taking it to the throat. That sounds horrible. I am going to replay this after it's over so you can I'm hear yourself say, yes, anything to take this cough away. Yeah, but the way he said it, oh, you're going to take it to your fucking throat. It's going to tickle the throat. <laughs> no. I'll chew it. <coughs> Get a knife and fork. Chop that motherfucker up. Dip it in some fucking jam of that blood. I continue. And then, you know, hopefully the cough will go away. Up next, we have maggots. That's right. Fucking maggots. Slipknot. Right. Covering an affected wound with maggots will consume the dead tissues. And it will heal. Any exterior wound you have in your body, Mm -hmm. you'll use maggots. It's an actual medical thing. Yeah. But most people are scared of fucking insects and stuff. So most people so don't eats, want to do that. It eats dead skin. <laughs> yeah, dead skin. Gotcha. Dead tissue, dead skin, all around the injury. Gotcha. And it doesn't eat any of like good fresh. components, fresh, yeah. and anything like that. Really? Hmm. When they put maggots on you, instead of praying, you're just whispering in your head, if you're five, 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 then I'm six, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. If you're five, 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 then I'm six, six, six. Up next, we have urine. Believe it or not, Romans use urine as a mouth rinse that help in whitening their teeth. Now, the urine will decompose into ammonia, which is great cleansing product, I guess. They actually utilize this to clean leather as well yeah, and yeah. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one's your fucking teeth. Uh, insane. There's there's an actual website called Urine Therapy. What? Where it's actually like a full, like, I don't know if it's a troll, but it's a full-blown website that tells you that urine <coughs> is used to cure cancer and all this. It's located in different blah, blah, blah. Here's a great way to utilize your urine. And you can sign up for it, and they'll send you like a pamphlet and shit. So what, so what the pamphlet say? I, I, I don't know. I didn't fucking sign up for that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <I thought you laughs> what the fuck? No. They would have gone the extra mile for this episode. No, I already had the gummy dummy. I'm not getting the fucking urine goddamn pamphlet. It's called uh, urine.com, no, urinetherapy.com or some shit like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Look up at your own risk. Yeah. That's, well. Last but not least, the Grafenberg Spot Shop. Oh, also short for the G-Spot. Oh. Hmm. Oh, oh, so now we're talking nonsense. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> well, in this case, if you're a man who's struggling to find the G-spot. All right, so now we're talking about make, make-believes. Huh? All right. <clears throat> well, believe it or not, there is a shot right to this day that's actually being used, and it's barely, like, fucking catching on. What? Uh, it's a shot that temporarily makes the G-spot, quote-unquote, bigger and thus easier to find. Okay? It will cost up to $1,000, and it promises... A month's worth of enhanced sexual pleasure and heightened orgasms. Let me guess you can find it that was first. aisle next to the Bigfoot tracker. <laughs> Jesus, Moses, you. Wow. He's got through some shit. 
<laughs> sucks to suck, man. But who am I to say? You know, I'm eating gummy dick over here. <laughs> so uh, <coughs> I don't know who has worse. But yeah, there's there's like Beverly Hills has like a one specific shop, a shop that does this. Um, it's crazy. Uh, it was technically introduced in 04. But it was like, oh, like it was kind of, you know, like taboo. taboo. Yeah, taboo shit. And nowadays it's very common. So, if ladies, if you're having problems <coughs> uh, getting uh, pleasured, uh, it will cost you $1,000 to heighten your uh, orgasms and your. If your man's has a gummy that's dummy, mm. they get that G spot shot. Doesn't have a map for it. Your remedy is a G spot shot. Talk about quackery. Shot, shot, shot. <laughs> yeah, that concludes the interesting facts of different medicines. But we're not going to end there, folks, because radium, radium, radium. Mm. It's a big old phase. So now the next element that I want to bring up to this case is, of course, radium. And radium is the 88th element on the periodic table, and it is an alkaline metal. I don't know what's up with these, these people and there's metals, man. I fucking love these They're metals. They're metal as fuck. In the book, metal. Quackery, A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything, there's a whole chapter about different periodic table elements that they use for medicine. Uh-huh. And he covers a lot of them in this book. They fucking love this shit. In medicine, radium was used for helping cure health disorders as well as cancer. It eventually got into helping mental disorders, but after seeing its horrible side effects of, I don't know, death, (laughs) it was forbidden from usage until it was tested for its safety and concluded that obviously it was not safe. But before we talk more about radium, you know those as-seen-on-TV products that usually come out in commercials? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, usually a lot bunch of items are pretty junk, and some of them are, you know, too good to be true. Like the ShamWow? Yeah. Well, that was uh, radium. Radium was so popular that it had many other uses besides just in medicine. And here are the nine uses that I got from mentalfloss.com on radium uses. Number one, in chocolate. Food products containing radium, like radium uh, chocolate, Chocolate bar manufactured by Burke and Braun and Hitman Black Bakery's radium bread. Made with radium water, which were popular overseas until they were discontinued in 1936. And like I mentioned, in water. Radium water crocs, like the Revigator, stored a gallon of water inside a radium lace bucket. Drinking the water would cure any number of elements from arthritis to impotence to wrinkles Hmm. in toys and nightlights the radium scope a toy sold as late as 1942 offered a glimpse of radium in action noting radium's famed luminescence the ad also mentions that the radium scope could double as a quote-unquote wonderful nightlight since it glows with a weird light in a dark room Hmm. in toothpaste Toothpaste containing both radium and thorium was sold by the man named Dr. Alfred Curie. Because, you know, this helps you with getting those picture-perfect pearly whites. In cosmetics, Alfred Curry, same person who did the toothpaste, also applied his recipe into cosmetics as well. 
He also manufactured the extremely popular Theradia brand of cosmetics, which included powders and creams that promised to rejuvenate and brighten your skin. The advertisement for this makeup looks so horrifying, though. It almost looks like a poster, a poster for an old-school Hollywood film. <laughs> Number six, in heating pads and suppositories. Early 20th century doctors also jumped onto the radioactive bandwagon with both feet producing suppositories, heating pads, and radioactive coins used to, quote-unquote, charge small amounts of water. All intend to treat uh, rheumatism, weakness, malice, and just about any health complaint for which is a fast and magical cure is needed. It was the Viagra before Viagra. Before the days of Viagra and Silas, treatment of impotence took the form of radioactive, quote-unquote, bogies, wax rods inserted into the urethra, and Ooh. even athletic supports supporters containing a layer of radium uh, impregnated fabric. A popular alternate treatment called the Radio Indoctrinator was a booklet that contained a number of cards coated in radium, which was worn inside the undergarments at night. What? The Radio Indoctrinator's inventor died of bladder cancer in 1949 from its usage. (laughs) (laughs) So next time you want to last longer in bed, go ahead and stick a wax stick up your urethra. Oh, man. Number eight, in health spas. Radium and radion health spas took off in the 1920s and 1930s where women and men alike can stop in for a long relaxing soak in radium mud, rinse with radium water, and leave soft and glowing thanks to the thorough application of radium cream. Radium mines and caves also doubled as a quote-unquote healing rooms if patrons were willing to travel. At least one radium spa is still in operation in the United States, as are a few in Japan and in Europe. Coincidentally, the name of the city where it still has a functional radium spa here in USA is called Hot Springs in Arkansas. Now, the spa is a national historic landmark, but that doesn't stop it from still having a functional radium spa. Number nine. So wait, it's still there. It's still, it's still there. I'm fucking dying from this function. shit. Hey, do you think that could get rid of coughs? You want to try? Take take the take the the dummy gummy. gummy. Yeah. I drill my fucking head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With some jerky. Yeah. In the spa yeah. of radium. So you you might die, and but you know what? The bright side is the cough How? will go away. <laughs> well, the bright side is him, and the cough will go away. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. That's Dude's your a brother. Fucking jokester. That's huh? your brother. How fucking funny. And number nine in clocks and in watches. Between 1917 and 1926, during the height of radium's heyday, the U.S. Radium Corporation employed more than a hundred workers, mostly women, to paint watch and clock faces with their patented, undark, luminous paint. As many as 70 women were hired to mix the undark paint, compromise comprised of glue, water, and radium powder. Workers were taught to shape the paintbrushes with their mouths to maintain oh, a fine point, geez. and some used the material to paint their nails and teeth. While the U.S. radium's labor force were all but encouraged to ingest a dangerous mixture, management and research scientists 
who were aware of the dangers carefully avoided any exposure themselves. The five radium girls, as they were notably known, sued U.S. radium in the case that initiated labor safety standards and <coughs> workers' rights. There are no records of how many of the U.S. radium's employees suffered from anemia, uh, inexplicable bone fractures, bleeding of the gums, and eventually necrosis of the jaw. Fuck. The Radium Girls case was settled in 1928, putting a swift end to shaping paintbrushes with their mouth and open containers of radium paint. Oh, my God. Though radium was still used in clocks until the 1960s, a new case of acute radiation syndrome in dial painters came to a screeching halt and soon after did the popularity of radium-containing products and toys. The former U.S. radium manufacturing plant is now... A super fun site. A what? A super fun site. Oh. Yeah. And here's an extra, an old, uh, you know, bonus one. Number 10, cleaning supplies. <laughs> radium has some really good qualities in cleaning, so radium hand cleaner was a thing. Sometime in the early 1900s, there was this round tin can that advertised to clean grease, tar, and rust without discol- discoloring or irritating your skin. As a matter of fact, it actually moisturizes your hands as well. I don't know about y'all, but I would not trust something that tears through grease, tar, and rust, but supposedly keeps your hands nice and lubricated. I was talking over the fact that these worker ladies were dipping their brushes in the radium, and then putting the brush in their mouths so they can make the point nice and fine, so that way they could draw. Fuck! The, and it's it's funny because like the 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 factory management or whatever was telling them like, hey, this is what you guys got to do, but they themselves know the repercussions of. Like, of yeah, the you gotta do it, all right? But now I gotta go. Hey, but it goes in dark, bro. Imagine walking into a room with blood leaking out of sick patients' outstretched arms with the smell of iron thick in the air. Bowls of dry, sticky blood notched to the sides to fit a limp arm. You'd think you walked to Dracula's lair and not a hospital room. But the act of cutting into a blood vessel to spill blood on purpose, it's not as incredulous as you might think. The act of bloodletting is as old as time. Even the Bible says the life of flesh is in the blood, which makes the whole act of bloodletting that much more interesting. Like, why? Why would you intentionally drain what you need to live? It helps to understand if you put yourself in their shoes, ancient physicians. The earliest example of bloodletting that we have were Egyptians around 1500 BC, back during the days where they had very limited information on the inner workings of the human body. For example, the ancient Romans thought that a woman's period was a natural way to remove toxins from the blood. So removing blood from people seemed like a reasonable way to keep a person healthy. And this was way before we discovered that blood circulates throughout the body. We have actual texts from the Han Dynasty 
where doctors discuss bloodletting as a good way to remove stagnant blood from the body because decayed blood was the cause of many serious illnesses. Hmm. So Hippocrates was also a flat, was also a fan of bloodletting, and he had a theory, and he called it his four humors: too much blood, phlegm, yellow bile, black bile. Just purge yourself and get rid of some of that bad blood you got flowing inside of you, and you'll be fine. Eventually, bloodletting went into being a relief for a few things to cure all procedures. In the second century, it was declared that bleeding was a solution. For literally everything wrong in the body. If your head hurt, drain some blood. Your back hurt, drain some blood. Your sore was throat, your throat was sore, drain some blood. You had diarrhea, drain some blood. If your gummy was dummy, drink drain blood. some blood. Often bloodletting was done in a reasonable fashion. No children or elder people were often the cases. At least removing too much blood from them but if you thought the why behind the reasons for the bloodletting were crazy just wait till you hear about the hows so if i asked you guys right now who do you think was doing the bloodletting what would your answer be if i asked you if you wanted to have someone bloodlet you who mm-hmm. would you go to mm-hmm. the barbershop yeah i mean i know this already but I, i'm gonna say a doctor technically okay so if you want a clue, because both correct. If you want a clue, you can listen to our mini episode on New Orleans where I actually talk about bloodletting for a bit. And you guys were correct. You went to barbers. In ancient Rome, tonsures were responsible for tidying up their customers. They'd cut their clients' hair, trim their nails and calluses, yank bad teeth, and would bloodlet. For a pretty penny, you came out of the you came out of the local barbershop with a mani petty. A leaky jaw and a small case of anemia. A small case of anemia? In medieval Europe, barber surgeons, like you guys mentioned earlier, were the go-to people, but not only for cosmetic services, but you also went for them for amputations, for cuppings, for leechings, for boil draining, smallpox, epilepsy, and the plague. But believe it or not, before our barbers were shaping us up and making us bleed on purpose, Monks and clerics were often in charge of bloodletting themselves and others. The weird part was that the church would let them bloodlet because it seemed like it tamed their libido. It made their dick silly gummy. That's weird. The church thought the church is like our monks and clerics are so horny that draining blood from people calmed them down. So the church let them do it. What then, a limpy. But then for whatever reason, the church in 1163 said they hated blood. They abhorred it. And they stopped the clerics from participating in bloodletting. So I'm assuming the Barber's Union in England said, fuck it. Blood must be drained. So I guess we'll do it. So after the monks and clerics stopped doing it, the barbers started doing it. And what did the barbers do? They started smelling Touching and tasting the blood to diagnose their patients. Now I fucking see why so many motherfuckers died back in the day, and why every and why every other fucking year a plague would start. 
All these motherfuckers were tasting each other's blood, trying to see what the hell they were doing. No wonder everybody was fucking dying left and right back then. But see, you, you all, no, who's taking the blood? You're taking the blood. Coagulated blood. If I'm, if I'm gonna take, so you know what, barbers. <laughs> hey so, Moses, am I sick? Taste my blood. And I would taste the blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You know what barbershops house the barber surgeons? By the bowls of blood sitting on the windows to attract the customers. Mm-hmm. That is before a law was passed that required them to ditch the blood into the river. I don't know how they thought this was more sanitary. They're like, dude, that's gross. That's not good. Throw that shit in the river. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't already know, the modern barber pole was a symbol used by the barber surgeons to advertise their services. The pole symbolized the stick that a patient would squeeze to start the bleeding process. The bowl at the bottom of the pole was to symbolize where the blood was caught. The white symbolized the tourniquet and the blue represented the veins, while others say that the spinning barber pole was to symbolize the towel covered in blood blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Like the human anatomy, man's psychology had also been a mystery to doctors. Confusing and seemingly uncurable ailments like sadness, mania, and heartbreak had doctors bloodletting their patients. In 1623, French physician Jacques Ferrand, he wrote an entire book on how to cure any love sickness. And it was particularly more effective if the person was fat. So he said, I had a book about cure, about curing love sickness. And all the thing I'm putting in this book worked better if the person was heartbroken was fat. And to quote the great doctor himself. So if you were a thick, heartbroken, sad bitch and went to go see Dr. Ferran <laughs> and told him that you were heartbroken, what he would do is he would bloodlet you to the point of heart failure. Oh, God. Because the opening of the hemorrhoids is the surest remedy. Bloodletting has been used in many cultures in various periods of human history. The Han Dynasty used bloodletting to cure incessant laughing and also thought there are different types of insanity. Frenzy, mania, melancholy, and foolishness. And this was due to humoral imbalances that, of course, needed balancing. So if you've been listening for a while now, we're sorry, but we're at least getting better. You know we've covered a number of topics, with one of them being St. Mary of Bethlehem in London, a.k.a. Bedlam. Mm -hmm. Check out episode 22 if you want to listen. And if you listen to that episode, you know how fucking horrific that hospital was. From their behaviors, conditions, and treatments of their patients. And if you're familiar with Bethlehem, you know the name Alexander Cruden, the writer who was institutionalized over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. in Bethlehem Hospital. And he noted that, and I quote, the common prescriptions of Bethlehem, of Bethlehem medical doctors are a purge and a vomit and a vomit and purge over and over again. And sometimes, if you're lucky, a little bleeding. So hmm. even then, back then, if you were acting up, they didn't know what to do with you. Fuck it, just drain some blood. That that'll do something. Oh, it's gonna do That's something. Make him right. weak. Even our founding fucking fathers were fun were fans of bloodletting. Hmm. Physician Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of the United States Declaration of Independence, he would recommend something called the heroic depletion therapy, and this was when they would drain a certain amount of blood. And his his prescription for this was as follows. 20 to 40 ounces of blood may be taken at once, early 
and copious bleeding are wonderful and common people. So earlier in the day, they'd have to take two and a half pints of blood from you to make you feel better. And he says it was wonderful and common people. Wonderful and common people. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure if you drain almost a quarter of a fucking person's blood, you're going to be chill. They'll be calm and they'll be too tired to even give a fuck. And during the height of the yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia, mm. his front lawn had so much dry, spilled blood that it stank uh. and buzzed with flies. It sounded like a swamp. You'd walk, you hear the... Like crustiness. Rush overestimated the shit out of the body's blood volume. He would often remove two, three pints at a time. But he removed four sick pints in a single day. Okay. The average human body has 12 pints. Oh, shit. And he would often have this customer come back and would have to bleed the patient several days in a row. What the? <laughs> this one, all right, I'm going to take yeah. three pints from you today. That's a quarter of what you have on you. Come back for three days straight. I'll fix you. Oh, no. Today, bloodletting or... Phlebotomy, as it's called, is still used throughout the world. California just banned bloodletting by acupuncturists in 2010. Damn. Bleeding with suction cup therapy is also still done in traditional Arabic medicine with some positive studies. And again, to quote our author, Lydia King, MD, and Nate Peterson, my source for today's book, my, my book as today's source, Quackery, A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything. This is what they had to say about bloodletting. It's amazing that it took us over 2,000 years of draining each other's bloods for the dumbest shits to finally realize that the blood is best left inside the body <laughs> rather than outside. Is that, is that what it is word for word? I might have embarrassed a little bit here and there. Nah. <coughs> All right. And our last one in my segment, of course, heroin. Mm. We gotta save the best for last. We can my talk favorite. about my heron. Heron. So, opium is derived from poppies, which uses which its use dates back to the ancient civilization, around 18th century. Physicians use opium as therapeutic agents for multiple things, such as pain from cancer, spasms, menstrual pain, and childbirth. It wasn't until the end of the century that doctors realized how highly addictive heroin can actually be. It took a while for them to realize how addictive heroin could be. They're like, you know what? This, our patient, <coughs> I'm pretty sure they just like it a lot. Let's oh, this is more. working. They keep coming back for more. Yeah. In 1805, ingredients morphine and codeine were isolated. Morphine was used to cure opium addiction, therefore... Before they even know how addictive that was. Given its effects were 10 times stronger, it quickly became abused as well. Heroin was birthed from morphine in 1874 by an English chemist, but it was not commercially produced until Bayer Pharmaceutical Company did it in 1898. This was produced to combat addiction, which was obviously a major fail. This was eventually classified as an illegal drug. Today, heroin is sourced mostly from Southeast Asia, Southwest, Southwest, 
Southwest Asia. Man, that list was intense. <laughs> and Latin America and Mexico. It typically looks like a white slash brownish powder or even as a black sticky substance, also known as black tar. Street heroin is mixed with other drugs like and includes sugar, starch, powdered milk, baking soda, caffeine, and cocaine. Even so, more quote-unquote pure forms are being easily available every passing day. At some point, it was also being prescribed to suppress your cough when ill. I think we found it, Josh. We gotta we, we get this boy it. some heroin. <coughs> oh boy, I want some heroin. Ooh, ooh. Especially because it was even given to children at one point. Fuck. <laughs> so what happens when you take heroin? Makes you feel good. Well, it feels it makes it, makes like a rush of good feelings and cloudy thinking. Once the high wears off, people feel depressed, which results in confusion. <laughs> which results in craving the drug even more mm, addiction and it also slows down your heart rate just like the gummy dummy it's a gummy dummy but of course kids don't use an addictive drug to cure another addictive drug yeah don't 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 cure syphilis with malaria <laughs> <laughs> hey it worked I mean it, it did <laughs> it worked you're not wrong but the purpose is so that way you're still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't fix the issue. No, you just you're still dead. You're dead. You're still dead. I think you you're, you're worse. Mm, yo, man, I don't know how the fuck people are still alive after all the bullshit they have to put. They fucking went through. Well, why do you think our freaking lifespan was so short? <laughs> well, well, I mean, the the lifespan are so are so short because of averages. Yeah, like no one actually died at forty. It's just there was so many fucking child. Uh, birth, uh, death, like babies that were born that, that died almost immediately, mm-hmm. that it brought the averages down. Mm-hmm. But like no, like people still live to be old. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just the, the high child mortality rate that brought the average down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But still, that's I mean all those it. all those baby killings that happening. Fucking go to Ray and helping. True, <laughs> that motherfucker. I know none of y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. So none, none of y'all, <laughs> y'all listen, listen to, to that one. episodes. <laughs> Still uh, salty about it. <laughs> Still salty about it. I mean, all the fucking research he put in. People don't forget. He brought it back from the his previous podcast. He brought it again today. Brought it again today. People don't forget. Do you know what you need? <laughs> gummy dummy. What's gummy? You know, I'll give you some heroin. Some heroin. I'll bring you right back up. So that is yeah. So that is all we have for quackery when it comes to. <laughs> The worst ways to cure fucking anything, bro. This is this is horrible. Imagine being, imagine being, imagine having a fucking headache today. Like, oh, I'll just take an ibuprofen. I'll drink some water and I'll take just lay down. down. Lay uh, down. Back then, it's like, take oh, your down. head hurts. Come here, let me draw a hole. <laughs> let me draw a hole. Give you some heroin. Let me drink some blood. Add some shit. <laughs> Gotta add some shit in the add hole. Add some shit. Fill it up. Fill it uh-huh. up. Again. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. I'm I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Who the fuck? came up with this th- these shits where they're like we should try this and let's keep trying this for a while and hopefully something good will come off of just it. curious doctors man yeah not like curious georges out there <laughs> yeah i mean bunch of, bunch of georges yeah so this episode was fun now did it have a tail or no 
No, I never had a towel. I remember having a towel. Did you guys see the video I posted on Instagram? No, I did The, the Kazam trailer? No. College Humor hired Simbad and they made a Kazam trailer. You're kidding me. Because wow. of how big of a hype that yeah, was? Yeah, this was like two years ago. This is like two years ago. Uh, we'll watch it after right now. Okay. And if you watch it, if you guys watch the trailer, go to our Instagram. I didn't post the whole trailer. I want you. I just posted a little snippet of the two-minute trailer so you can see it, like it, and then you go, go to the YouTube channel and watch it. But you see it like when the, when the shit starts in the attic. And they have, like, Bernstein Bear Book on the side. They have oh, wow. It's, it's crazy. It's, it was, like, really, like, really, like, done really good. Uh-huh. It's really funny. College but, humor, huh? Um, but if you guys would like anything that we talked about today, you have to oh. go on our Instagram. So check that out. Weird History, Eerie Tales Pod. We've had a few people trickle, trickling in every time we, now that I've been mentioning, we've getting a few people at us almost, almost every day. So it's cool. But, you know, people are adding us and stuff. Um... Only a few more months before we are off of Google Play. So if you guys are, if you guys do listen to us on your Android phones, uh, we are on Spotify. Spotify is free. You guys yeah. can just go download Spotify and listen to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you guys can do us a favor, rate and review us. It really helps us out. Um, add us on Instagram, like I said. And um, do you guys have anything else to add before we end this long ass episode? Um, I'm gonna make we're gonna make sure that Josh is okay after this episode. If not, just know we bloodled him. We blood we bloodled him too, too much. I we're, am we're, fucked. Huh? We're gonna act like doctors from that time and just <coughs> try everything. So we're gonna try everything on you, Josh. You ready? Yeah. Let's start off with heroin. No, we, 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 we're gonna start off with the dummy gummy. Gonna, oh my gosh. <laughs> we're gonna try, we're gonna try everything gummy. you can eat. I can eat heroin. Let me eat heroin. No, we're, we're gonna inject that. On Son you. of a bitch. We're gonna fucking blow alcohol. I mean, fucking tobacco Look up your ass. ass. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you, no one has anything else to add, we are the weird history. Here we tell us pod.